Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the historic Universal Postal Union Mail Processing Center in picturesque Bern, Switzerland, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 230. It's so cold here. <laughs> Put your skis on. Good skiing, though, yeah. Brought to you by the Burn County Skiers Association and the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. And we have a couple of stories straight from the headlines. And I don't have my news thing up, so. Let's start with a recent Lens article on the eBay dealer Noble Spirit. Reading from Linz, a Northern California stamp collector is suing a New Hampshire dealer over the promised internet sale of stamps supposedly worth $1.4 million. In a lawsuit filed in United States District Court in San Francisco on July 10th, Klaus Permer of Brentwood, California alleges that Noble Spirit of Pittsfield, New Hampshire, and Joe Cortez Cortez or Cortez, a co-owner of the firm, failed to live up to an agreement to sell a collection of 257,143 stamps. That's a very specific number. Yes, it's not. Sounds to me like the collector was a bean counter. Certainly a stamp counter. Absolutely. Permer said he and his father began assembling the collection in the 1940s. The stamps were to be sold through Noble Spirits Internet Web Auction Services and at the new and at the firm's New Hampshire offices, according to the lawsuit. Permer contacted Permer contracted with Noble Spirit on April 16, 2018, and the firm has sold a small part of the collection, the suit alleges. But the suit claims that Noble Spirit has yet to provide Permer with proper compensation or an accounting of what has been sold. You know, you could so a person who has two hundred and fifty-seven thousand one hundred and forty-three stamps. I'm going to bet he is. Uh, you know, he requi- knows exactly what the catalog value is. He, he's going to require some paperwork that probably is beyond the scope of what most normal people will do. Let alone a stamp dealer. Yeah. Or an auction house. Which, in this case, Noble Spirit is. Well, we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss exactly this point. The lawsuit values the sold stamps at $41,793.69. That's more specific than catalog value. Hmm. That is actual sales total. Yeah, but you can get that off of the actual website. And that's easy to do. Yeah. In the suit, Permer said that after complaining about a lack of accounting, he terminated the sales agreement on December 27th of 2018. He is also concerned about the, quote, high-value stamps remaining in the collection that are valued at $1.4 million, the suit said. Yeah, uh, $1.4 that number, million. That number's rounded off too much. It's not It's not exact enough. For yeah, I, I, I cannot possibly see that number came from them. Also, it doesn't say whether it's Scott's catalog or in expected retail or whatever. 
I mean, you could get that by, uh, you know, having three well, that, 596s. That tells me that the average stamp was worth less than $6. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's, I mean, the vast majority of the collection like that is going to be sold in lots. It's not going to be single item sales. And if if anybody with that many stamps thinks that they're selling single stamps, they're, you know. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Also, according to the suit, the defendants contend that all of Permer's property has been returned to him. Simon Leeming, an attorney representing Noble Spirit and Cortese, told Lenz, quote, Noble Spirit has become a leader in the industry held in the highest regard with a well-earned reputation for integrity, attention to detail, and efficiency developed with its customers over many years. Consistent with that reputation, it conducted itself appropriately in its relationship with Mr. Permer and believes the allegations are misguided. We expect a positive outcome for Noble Spirit. End quote. A lawyer for Permer said the New Hampshire firm has not filed a response to the suit. According to the Noble Spirit website, the family company was established more than 50 years ago and joined eBay in 1998. A 2014 seller spotlight blog on eBay's website, Cortese said Noble Spirit selected eBay as the preferred platform for its auctions because of its international reach and for its reputation in the collectibles category. A global market means I could go cross-border from the very first day, and we have, Cortese said. The blog article also quotes Cortese, No business is perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. Don't be afraid of expansion and love what you do rather than what you're selling. Otherwise, if you become too attached to those items, business will suffer. He also stressed the importance of running an honest business. In addition to stamps, Noble Spirit sells coins and other collectible items on eBay. So what do you all think? Well, like Scott was just saying, eBay, first of all, Noble Spirit, this is kind of a different model anyway, because you have auction companies. You have HR Harmers and Harmer Shows and Kellehers and Seagulls and stuff where you can put stuff in and they sell it. This is you're going to a middleman. You're saying, here, take my stuff and then sell it in an auction company. And this auction company is eBay online. Well, let me come at it from a different angle. When you sell a large number of items at auction, some do better than you expect and some do worse. And the problem is if you expect every item to do as good or better than the catalog value, you're always going to be disappointed because some will do worse and some will oh, do better. But the catalog aggr- value, it, majority, or, or, well, you're yeah. lucky if you get 30% overall well, across well, the board. Well, that's, that's from an auction house, yeah, but yeah. Um, but that's what the market brings. Um, but when, you know, if the seller says, well, I have a $1.4 million, that's different than the auction house, and in this case it would be Noble Spirit who eBay through Noble Spirit, if their auction estimate is a $1.4 million. My guess is the collector has an unrealistic uh, perception of what his stamps are worth. Well, 
I don't. I'm not going to fault the collector. Well, he's going most, based on catalog value and probably what he paid for him. Well, he probably didn't pay much for him. It's from well, they depends. said it was collected over from 1950, 1940s. I'm sorry, 1940s. But still, but still, I'm sure he's bought stamps and. Anybody who goes to a stamp dealer or a stamp show knows you negotiate the price. Yeah. There's always a starting price, and it may be above or below catalog value, depending on the stamp, the condition, the grade, all that sort of stuff. But uh, Well, I guarantee that if if it was, you know, 157,000 stamps, unless, and it was worth $1.4 which means, like you said, it's worth like six bucks a stamp, so. Less than, Yeah. Yeah. I doubt sincerely that he would ever get anything close to that price from an actual dealer. And the idea would be to lot it up and sell it through some auction standpoint or uh, something like that. The thing is, is that, like I said, he is contracting with Noble Spirit to put it online into eBay. Right. It's not like he's taking it to Harmer Shaw and saying, here, Chris. Here's my 157,000 stamps. Lot it up and sell it. Yeah, 257. I'm sorry, 257,000. Yeah. Here's my quarter of a million stamps. Right. <clears throat> because uh, a traditional auction house, all they'll do is they'll go through looking for items that can be single lots. Um, they'll pull two or three or five out of a book. Maybe. 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 And then they'll sell the book. Yeah, a lot of times they want to keep the meat in the book. Well, so they want to keep some, but they'll, they'll pull out a couple of items, and they'll, they'll leave most of the items in, but they'll pull out a couple of items yeah. to try and maximize the profit. Because when they do that, they maximize not only their commission, but profit for the seller as well. Right. So they, they have a way of doing that that, that works – and uh, produces good results. But if you base it on the catalog value, uh, you have to realize that probably more than half or two-thirds of uh, your audience that's bidding are probably dealers. And the dealers have to be able to make money. So a catalog value is just a pie in the sky. Well, it's, it's worse than a pie in the sky because anybody who's listening... If you want a million-dollar collection, here's what you do. You go out and you find two one-cent Green Franklin stamps. And call them whatever you want. And you call them 596s. <coughs> and bam, you've got a million-dollar collection. So, you know, I have very little sympathy for people who say I have, well, again, he may have a million four a million one hundred or four hundred thousand dollar value, or it may be catalog value, or it may be something else. I mean, my reference collection has huge catalog value, but it has much lower realistic value. Yeah. Simply because you know my stamps may have small faults or things like that. Now, well, in my reference collection, they all have faults. That's why they're referenced. <laughs> Well, my reference collection started as my collection. Well, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of stamps in there that do not have faults. Yeah, yeah. But there, you know, since I refocused it as a reference collection to fill in the more expensive items, you know, well, small faults or missing corners, things like that. Well, Mark brought up the, what were the name of those businesses? The um, 
Oh, that uh, yeah. Originally, there were there were companies that would specialize in taking eBay consignments, but the problem is that it's so con- time consuming to uh, to 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 sell on eBay that in order for a consigner to make money, you've got to split it fifty fifty. And who wants to consign something for fifty percent? Well, yeah, and well, plus, the other thing because eBay takes fees too, right? So you have to negotiate. Is that fifty percent? After fees, or is that fifty percent before fees? Generally, and who pays the yeah, fees? Yeah, generally right. it's fifty percent before fees. Whatever it sells for, they get fifty percent. You get the other fifty percent, but you have to pay all the commissions and everything like that. Well, but that depends on your contract. Well, know? that too. You know, do the do the fees come out of your half or their half? But I remember, uh, and I forget the name of the, it. It was it was the largest franchise in the United States. These um, eBay sell it. Sell it on sell it on eBay, or right. something was yeah. that the name of it? Sell it on eBay or something? I don't think it was. That was the name, but that uh, that's similar to that was the yeah. that was the business model, but it never worked out. And I remember uh, going into one because you know I I think every does everybody here at the table sell on eBay? You not, sell on eBay, not right? regularly, but yeah. I mean, yeah. so you you sell have, on eBay, yeah. I have before. I, so I'm we've not we've all sold on eBay, and so I went into one of these stores and they had like a Gibson guitar. And it sold for like, it was worth like a thousand bucks and it sold for $125 and they gave the guy a $62.50 check and he was pissed off. And it's like, yeah, I understand why he was pissed off, but they want the stuff to move and you want to get a fair price. And sometimes, you know, a week on eBay is not the best way to sell an item. No, a thousand dollar guitar does much better. On Craigslist or something like that, or or a guitar or a guitar s- show go, or something. Go down to Guitar Center, yeah, and, exactly, and, and sell it to them. <laughs> Just outright sell it to them. But yeah, I I do not, and I sold things for people on commission, and it was always little stuff. You know, people would give me a stamp or something like that. It's fine, it's whatever. And then a person actually gave me a collection and said, "Here, sell this." And it was a pain in the butt. It's a lot it, of work. It was it was work, and well, I wasn't you, charging fifty percent. And it's like I'm never doing this again. Well, when when you when you buy a collection and you sell it on eBay yourself, you get to pick and choose. And then once you've sold all the good stuff or the stuff that's going to move fairly quickly, then you're left with the balance. Now, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. If you're taking a consignment, you're kind of obligated to sell everything, not sell what'll sell and then be stuck with the rest. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, coming up with the uh, what the guy in the lawsuit here said, the lack of accounting. It's like you can print, you know, eBay allows you to hit a button and print all sorts of sales records. But the question is, okay, this lot, what was in it? And if it wasn't a single stamp or something that's readily described in the title, if it said, you know, 2,000 stamps from Uruguay, well, were it, was it the expensive stamps or the cheap stamps? Was it, it the whole collection or was it yeah. part of it? So, I mean, from an accounting standpoint, uh, and the only reason I bring it up is because the guy said he has 257,143 stamps. If he would have said, I have about a quarter million stamps, I would have said, okay, that's fine. 
But when you say 257,143... Like I said, he's got a bean, t- bean counter mentality, which means he wants to account for every single stamp in the collection. Yeah. And if you're selling it in lots and page, you know, pages, albums, things like that, it, as any auction house is going to... You cannot... Oh, yeah. The... the the documentation requirements in that sort of in, uh, uh, example are just uh, mind-bogglingly stupid, yeah. and you cannot. It's it's impossible to do that and even break, come close to breaking even. Yeah, you got to balance your time with the effort and and how much money you're making Absolutely. and how much bookkeeping are you going Absolutely. to do? Absolutely. Yeah. My my suspicion is that this guy was monitoring the sales and got skittish. At the prices that uh, that were being realized, yeah, Could and then be. came in and said, "No, stop this," you know, um, and you know when you're right in the middle of something like that, you know, it's no wonder that they don't have you know maybe perfect records of of what exactly sold because they're going through and they're scanning pages, they're putting you know lots, uh, they're lotting stuff up. Maybe they're putting a couple of books or you know a couple albums at a time. So I mean, if you have an album or even even a a binder. You can't necessarily show all pages. Well, Noble Spirit does. And Noble Spirit has this way that they put it in where they will have a listing. Oh, let's go back a little bit and explain who Noble Spirit is. I have never actually dealt with them except for at the Omaha Stamp Show. Uh, the owner's son was there. So I so I shook the hands of his son. That's, that's the closest that I have of Noble Spirit. So... Not my monkey, not my circus. This is totally, you know, I don't care whether he lives or die. Well, I guess I do care if he lives or die. I hope he lives a very long life. He's a fan of us. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, then I definitely care if he lives. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Um, So I don't know who he is. I have no business relationship with him. But if you go on to eBay and you pull up like the 100 most expensive lots on eBay... Any in U.S. stamps. Noble Spirit will probably have about 20 of them. And there will be, they will be binders and collections and boxes of books. And you'll look and they'll be selling 20 binders filled with UN or whatever it is. They sell the most expensive stuff on eBay. Other and you know, discounted for the idiots who put up stamps for a quarter of a million dollars that are worth, you know, 35 cents, you know, those people. Or are just a stolen image. <laughs> yeah, or people who put up the stolen images. But Noble Spirit, for all accounts, I mean, they are one of the biggest, probably maybe the biggest seller. Well, I'm not going to say that because Bill Langs is a, a good friend of the show also, and I know he sells a lot of stuff. But they sell books, they're not going to show a picture of every one of the 257,143 stamps. And if you go, well, what was in that book? They're going to say, well, here's the picture of what was in the book. And if you are a bean counter, you're going to say, well, hold on. Uh, there's supposed to be 427 stamps on this in this book, and there's only 422. Where's the five missing stamps? And you go, I don't know. They fell on the floor. <laughs> Who knows? <clears throat> Well, hopefully they didn't fall on the floor, but yeah. and hopefully they're not from the first page with all the expensive stamps on them. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to give people credit that the really expensive stuff, they're going to know where it is. 
But again, we're dealing with a person who's as 257,143. My second question is really, why did, not saying anything bad about Noble Spirit again, but why did they go to Noble Spirit? Why didn't they book it directly into an auction company? Could be because an auction company wouldn't give them a, a dollar figure that they were satisfied with as an estimate. Yeah, but I'm sure... You, know, you have you have somebody come and look at your collection uh, either as a preparation to a consignment to an auction house or an outright sale or whatever, and if they give you uh, an estimate of what they can sell it for and you're not happy with that, you try something else. And, you know, knowing... Having, having a knowledge of exactly how many stamps and exactly what its worth, uh, catalog value is, you know, that number is not necessarily going to please you. Uh, selling it outright, you know, you get a big buyer like Mystic or something like that. They're going to give you a number too, but you got to realize that, you know, they're not collectors buying the stamp to put in a collection. They're not paying retail prices. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. Yeah, the other thing too is the auction house is trying to move this stuff, right? And Noble Spirit is too. I mean, they're they're not gonna no every nobody wants to carry it away. Yeah, but um, but you know they'll list stuff, and if they don't get the price, they'll you know they'll lower the price. But it's not like they're starting every auction at at you know at one cent. Um, you know for the for the lower price stuff they do, but for the higher price stuff, you know they'll ask a a, a decent amount of money, and then they'll start you know. Well, not only that, I think it's uh, 80 or 90% of stamps listed on eBay are now buy-it-now listings. They're not auction listings. Right. So I'm finding that auctions Or maybe it's even more. Now, this is just me, but I find that auctions now on eBay do not do anywhere close to as good as they used to. And by used to, I mean, let's say, five years ago. Right. I think more people are willing to click buy-it-now uh, because they, you know, when they start to recognize a seller, they know what the seller's reputation is. They, they, you know, they'll buy smaller items from him, kind of get a feel for the quality and the service that they get. And then when they find a dealer that's selling that they like, they'll add them to their favorite sellers list and keep going back. And that's what that's what I bank on. Again, my, my seller is uh, Stampin' Stuff, S-T-A-M-P-N-S-T-U-F-F. Pull me up, take a look. That's what I do. And I think right now I have about 4,800 lots up. And I think That's out low of that, for you. Yeah. Well, and out of the 4,800 lots, I think only about 12 are auctions. Well, I, th- I, I, like what, I like what you do kind of at the end of the year, you clean house, and you'll just take a you know, a thousand or 2000 lots that have been sitting there and you'll convert them to auctions and start them at a penny. Oh yeah. And just blow them out. I, I think that's a great idea because it keeps what's, what your listings are. It keeps them fresh. And the other thing is listing them for a penny because you know, I can highlight stuff and you do different sorts. It's easier for me to list it for a penny than to actually go through, pull it out and then figure out what I want to do with it. I would rather, you know, have, and I have people who buy 75 lots and will, you know, buy 75 lots for like $4 and then argue with me over postage. (laughs) (laughs) But 
yeah, you, for me, it's easier accounting-wise to sell it for a penny than it is for me to actually do the labor and pull the stamp. Now, speaking about postage. Uh, what about postage? Isn't there a uh, problem with somebody sending something from China to the United States ah, for cheaper than our next, I can send from Las Vegas to California? Our next uh, story, you want to jump in on this one? Well, I was going to add something to the end of our first oh. story, which was, one, I think uh, the auction thing is probably decreasing because I think there's an increase in the instant gratification that the internet has bought. Why wait 15 days for an auction to end when I can just buy it now and have it like in two days? Yeah. And the other thing is my, my big pull out of this, this whole topic and this whole lawsuit is Scott's uncanny math ability to have done that and come up with less than six bucks <laughs> off the top of his head because I actually pulled up a calculator. It's $5.44. <laughs> <laughs> So there's my big takeaway. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, that's oh, like six bucks. And then you said six bucks. He said a little under. I'm like, oh, dude, because I had already done the math. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Captain Nuclear Engineer. Your math skills. Blah, blah, blah. Well, Mark is correct. There is also news about the Universal Postal Union. During the 17th and 18th centuries, the exchange of mail between countries was largely governed by postal agreements. But by the 19th century, the web of agreements had become so complex that it began to impede the rapidly developing trade and commercial sectors. Order and simplification was needed. I can't imagine how that must have been back then. Yeah. Ask about uh, Prussian closed mail. And, uh, you know, everything travels at the speed of communication well yeah the speed of the horse and nothing went faster than the horse or the ship sailing ship sailing ships yes. go slower than horses yes they do yes but horses couldn't go across the water that fast yeah, it all depends what type of horse it is still not across the ocean <laughs> <laughs> well in 1863 united states postmaster general montgomery blair called a conference in paris Delegates from 15 European and American countries met and succeeded in laying down a number of general principles for mutual agreements, but the scope of these agreements was limited, and they were not able to settle on an all-inclusive postal agreement. Then came Heinrich von Steffen, who was prior known for his breakthroughs in tube sock design, for which he was awarded many patents as one of the co-inventors of the tube sock. Snuck that in, didn't you? Uh, of course he was. <laughs> and you were gullible enough to read it. It's because I didn't read ahead. <laughs> in addition, he was a senior postal official from the Northern Ger from the North German Confederation. He drew up a plan for an international postal union, and at and at his suggestion, the Swiss government convened an international conference in Bern on 15 September 1874. The conference was attended by representatives from 22 nations. On October 9th of that year, a day now celebrated throughout the world as World Post Day, the Treaty of Bern establishing the General Postal Union was signed. Membership in the union grew quickly during the following years, and the name was changed to the Universal Postal Union in 1878. 
In recent years, UPU members have encountered serious problems triggered by the enormous increase in e-commerce originating from the Far East, where the costs do not cover the delivery in many countries, and the volumes are so big that the losses cannot be compensated by more fees from other traffic. In 2016, a new system was implemented with a focus on e-commerce, but while the 2016 reform balanced the cost to the delivery services, postage costs for shippers are still way out of whack. We covered this a long time ago, too, didn't we? Back then? Yeah, when it first started. Yeah. We talked about the whole e-commerce thing with China. and. Yeah. Today, a U.S. company will pay more than twice as much to mail an item to a U.S to a U.S. address, more than twice the cost that a manufacturer in China or Russia pays to mail the exact same item to a U.S. customer. That involved, uh, that last agreement involved trying to take China off like the impoverished nations list. On October 17, 2018, the United States declared its withdrawal from the UPU effective October 17, 2019 with the U.S. planning to switch to self-declared rates. Yeah, this is, uh, and if you go on Facebook, you see a lot of Trump bashing, but un- I I have seen very, very few about this where people go, oh my goodness, and you have to really like look for it. But this to me came home about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. I bought, I play Dungeons and Dragons and I, paint and I make models and I build houses and stuff. And I bought this little pair of clippers for clipping plastic. And it was two bucks on eBay. And it weighed about three ounces. And I got it in the mail. And it was from China. And so from China to the United States, the um, postage was 63 cents plus the cost of the envelope, plus the cost of the item, the guys are making money at $2. Well, I sell stuff on eBay, like we discussed all the time. And I know that me shipping three-ounce item to China is going to cost me about $3.20. So it costs them $0.63 to send to us, and it costs us $3.20 to send to them. That's a big advantage that people in China have. And I, you know, I kind of like the fact that uh, Trump is going after China, but this is kind of unfair. Well, plus the fact that um, carrying it from its port of entry to the destination of the United States still costs the, the, the you know, the, the um, post office. Yeah. Well, yeah, 63 you know? cents to get to Yeah, me. they're only getting 63 cents, you know, all the way from China— you know, to get to my house, you know, uh, I, they're charging me $4.06 to send three ounces from here to New York. You know, so the, the costs well, are... Well, cost you that much. But, right, but yeah. the costs are borne by the people who are paying for postage in the United States yeah. for to supplement um, something mailed, uh, mailed from China. So, yeah, they, are, they did it to uh, help um, China claw out of it, you know, their third world impoverishment and stuff. Well, they don't need to do that anymore. That's the the UPU. I think is not doing any service whatsoever to the people of the United States. I don't think they have been for a while, but 
that's personal opinion. That's not based on any factual data. Well, like I said, for me, the only the factual data that I'm basing it on is sixty three cents to get from China to us, and three dollars and twenty cents to get from us to China. So basically, the bureaucrats at the UPU are picking winners and losers, when that's a job for. Well, that's kind of like U.S. politicians. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's kind of the whole the underlying thing for Brexit. I mean, it just the the UN is kind of like the UPU of Europe. Well, the UPU is part of UN. The UN yeah. has the UPU, and by the way, if you want to, you can collect UPU stamps. And uh, many countries have put, uh, especially the uh, British Commonwealth, has put up an omnibus set for the Universal Postal Union in 1949. Huge omnibus issue. Uh, you have all sorts of stuff. But the United States put out the 20th Postal Congress. That's the uh, little sheet of 25 imperforated stamps. And then they actually came out with a 45-cent Universal Postal Union stamp. So if you want to collect actual news which is occurring right now you can collect that from the stamp category it's all way too confusing the us the uk the eu the upu the un <laughs> that's a lot of use and yep so the people at the universal postal union uh, at the un are very upset with the trump administration they're saying well why would you you know, why would you uh, uh, break this agreement when uh, you could just negotiate with us? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be fair. Yeah, that's... Because the post office is growing, going broke. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing is, you know, if the post office is growing broke, delivering 63 cents items from China... That actually costs them... Well, hold on. What, what is what is it, their actual cost? It's yeah. it's seventy two cents for two ounces. So I'm guessing it's like ninety something cents for three ounces. For us? For us? No, to to send three ounces like from here to California, it's like three seventy three seventy four. From here to New York, it's four oh six for three ounces. No, that's for, not for right. A, for a three ounce package, not not a three ounce letter, but oh. You know. uh, you mean three, uh, like non-machinable thickness? Right. Yeah, a, a thick, like like the example you were giving I, I still, of the uh, versus versus the like a really heavyweight stock Christmas card type thing. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sending a letter from, but but you're not buying letters from China. You're buying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, I said, I and, got my and little stuff clippers. that is that is thicker than a quarter of an inch has to go as a first class package. Yeah. So, which also includes tracking. So the uh, so yeah a a first class package oh that's another thing that you know to anywhere in the United States if, if it's more than a quarter of an inch thick it has to go as a package that's another thing that perturbs me is uh, the UPU uh, in different countries certified mail costs a buck and a half something like that and here it's what four dollars and twenty five cents four dollars three dollars and ninety five cents something like that right. It, yeah. it, it's, I think it's depending on whether or not you want return receipt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no return receipt. Just track it online. And, uh, I mean, it, mailing stuff, stuff here in the United States is expensive. But mailing from another country to here really gives a, a benefit which I'm not so certain we want to give people. Right. 
What's where the did, purpose? Yeah. Where does the USPS take over when it arrives on the shore, like from China to the US? Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. They they go they go pick it up at the customs house. Yep. So it becomes the USPS's. Yeah, the UP- right. USPS once, once, bears the brunt of the cost right. from the time it lands in the United States to when it's delivered. Correct. Yeah, I. I that's, Once customs says, okay, I, this is good to go in, then... Yeah, I'm sure then, you can do that for 63 cents. Yeah, yeah, not. not. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot. And, you know, we don't get into politics too much. Whether you think Trump is a good guy or a bad guy, who cares? But in my opinion, this is something that I am on Trump's side for, that, you know, there is no reason that we should be giving China a whole bunch of benefit here. And, and oddly enough, eBay is on the opposite side. They want to keep us in the UPA. Really? Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, the eBay's eBay's political arm is uh, is urging their um, their sellers to contact their their Because uh, how much of eBay's how much of eBay's business comes out of China? And how much will they lose if China suddenly has to the shipping prices go way up? And that is a good point. But, you know, uh, China actually has uh, um, Alibaba. So, yeah, but I guess it would it would hurt very much the Chinese sellers on eBay. Yeah, all they'll do is counterfeit more stamps. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we got another realm of uh, counterfeits coming in from China, the uh, flag stamp, the, the stylized flag stamp. We'll discuss that in another episode. Um, yeah, anything else? I have one more topic if we're done with this. Sure. Lance Armstrong. Um, I was looking on eBay and they are selling Lance Armstrong, uh, priority mail envelopes with his picture and everything on it. And they're going for like two bucks each. Well, actually they're going from, I've seen a low of $2 each all the way up to two twenty four dollars for one. But Lance Armstrong, and again, the post office is smart. They don't put a person on a letter or on a stamp until after they're dead for a while. Right. But they'll put them on an envelope and then have to suffer the consequences of a bad decision. Now, are these postally used? No, these are mail? these are unused uh, priority mail envelopes. Oh, just the envelope itself, no postage. Yeah, I oh, would okay. love to find one actually used. That would be cool. <laughs> but the... Uh, you, uh, the post office paid Lance Armstrong $26 million to be their sponsor. Right, and when now, he was cycling with the Tour de France. Right, yeah. and now they're getting back like $6.5 of it because uh, Mr. Armstrong uh, supposedly did, well, he got kicked out. And he did... Uh, he was accused of doping. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he cheated. Yeah. But he didn't use drugs. He used other stuff that, you know... There is a great uh, writer named uh, Malcolm Gladwell, if you've never heard of him. And he has a uh, podcast. After you listen to our podcast, pull up his. It's called Revisionist History. And he has a thing about thinking like a Jesuit. And it's where you take the sort of the morals out of something and you just analyze it. And you sit there and you go... Did, did Lance Armstrong cheat or did he just do what was necessary? 
And so there's an argument for it either way. And I think that's why they only got back six and a half million instead of all 23 million. But it's an interesting thing. So anyway, that's resolved, quote unquote, I'm using finger quotes. So if you want postal history on Lance Armstrong, you can buy it on eBay for two bucks an envelope. And how much was it originally? Free. Free? (laughs) You can just go to the post office and grab them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like going and grabbing an envelope now. Although, I keep looking, and I I think it's because I would uh, like to find one used, not mint. But I want to find the uh, priority envelopes for Star Wars. They have Star Wars priority pre-printed envelopes with like Yoda and Darth Vader and stuff like that. And it actually has the uh, the stamp printed on it. It's prepaid. I had some of those. Used or mint? Well, I had some mint ones. and uh, yeah. I would love to find a used one. Somebody got into it. Uh-oh. Hard to collect. They're yes, bigger they than are. an album page. Yeah, they're bigger than a regular box too. Well, I have so. a I have a collection of a Express Mail used on cover. And it's the full-size Express Mail envelopes with the $10.35 stamps on it and $9.65 stamps. And I saved the whole thing. I saved the whole thing. Whole big envelope. That's it. We should design a giant binder for that and we can corner the market on uh Priority mail, <laughs> flat rate, envelope. Uh, collecting. Collecting. Yep. Yep. Storage devices. Well, that about wraps it up for today. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 230. This was Tom. This is Scott. This was Cash. This was Mark. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.